Yashi Murphy, when I asked you what uh, your title should be, how should I address you for this podcast? You were all like, uh, I don't like that question. I hate it. Don't ask me. Yep. Okay. So what I did instead is uh, I, I figured you're, you're a woman who wears uh, many hats. Uh, you and hubby Chris uh, run a website called parentingtogo.ca, a website that's loaded with amazing information about traveling, but traveling with kids. Um, so thank you so much for joining me on the Fact Up podcast today. Thanks for having me. Uh, my pleasure. It's always an honor to talk to you, and, and you're, you're an, an, an amazing woman who does a lot all the time. And, and just watching your feed and watching your posts, true or false, um, you know, you and Chris produce the content, your kids create the content. Yep, definitely. <laughs> right? Yep. <laughs> uh, did you teach them how to create content from such an early age that they're just kind of naturals at it now? Um, I think so. I mean, well, we were always filming them doing stuff, right? That's how we started what we started doing. It's because I was documenting everything as every new parent does. And now they love it. They are more comfortable in front of the screen than they are in real life with people. So right. they just have this personality that turns on. You know what I love about your, your post is that you capture your kids at not just like the best of moments, but the, the most real moments. If they're not feeling like eating a particular meal, if they're tired, um, you'll post that. And I, do you find that a lot of people find uh, that they connect with you more because you're posting not just, you know, this idyllic life of a, of a travel writer and of a wife and of a mom, but the real side to it as well. Absolutely. It's what I get mo more comments on is about, thank you for showing that mega tantrum in such a public place and <laughs> how we're dealing with it, right? Because we are all so anxious about our kids not behaving prim and proper. But the reality is that they don't, they have a mind of their own and I want to show that but I want to show how we dealing with it and I get advice from other people saying oh I remember when this happened here's a tip so uh, I love sharing that and people who read our stuff and watch our stuff love it too do you find that you know kind of going on that vulnerability side that real side do you find that your posts have um, reflected how you've gone through the crisis the coronavirus kind of crisis do you find that um, your posts have, have kind of uh, gone along with the times, but do you find that a lot more people are posting a lot more of a vulnerable side to them to reflect the times that we're in? Uh, yes and no. I feel like there are some people who have always been vulnerable and sharing that side to life. And those people have continued to. And I think it depends a lot on who we're following and how we curate our own feeds. Um, and then, yes, there are some people who are just learning about themselves and having that time to reflect and sharing what they're learning. But then there's also those people who will always only want, for reasons of their own, to just talk about the good stuff. Because the moment some of them do talk about the negative stuff, they themselves are not ready to deal with it, right? So I think it's just who you're following and what journey they're on. Uh, as you mentioned for us, we started sharing everything very quickly. We canceled trips. We explained why. We showed how we talked to our kids about the virus, especially at the start of it. We didn't know what was going on and we just keep evolving. We're at, we're at stage two and where we live in Toronto and now we're trying to show how we're dealing with that and how we're teaching the kids about that. Right. And you spent a lot of time uh, on, uh, in Niagara-on-the-Lake during the past few months. Um, yes. And you're a city girl. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, how was 
how did you guys adapt to that kind of smaller town, the, the adults, the parents? Uh-huh. And how, did the, how did the kids adapt based on the lifestyle that they're used to in the big city to now a smaller town? Right. So the reason we, at, ver- at the very start of the pandemic, we quarantined, uh, self-quarantined for two weeks, just no outside contact because we had the full intent of moving in with my parents who are much older. They live in Niagara-on-the-Lake and they have a bigger place than our two-bedroom condo. Uh, so we prepared for it pretty quickly and we treated it almost like a trip for ourselves because we just canceled our big trip and we decided that, okay, let's... Uh, Let's treat this as an opportunity, something new, something exciting. And when we went there, we obviously couldn't explore and do things, but we realized that we had a lot more flexibility than downtown Toronto. Mm -hmm. So we were able to go for walks. We were able to bike ride. Things that we couldn't do in the city, we could over there in a smaller community. Um, But at the end of three months, (laughs) we, we always remember Anytime we go in here, we've done big trips, like five-month-long trips. It's always the three-month mark. We're like, we miss Toronto. We cannot do this. Right. So after three months, we, we miss the city life. We miss being able to be like, order anything we want and any cuisine to our doorstep. We can't really do that in Niagara. Like, you have to drive everywhere. Right. We don't even own a car in Toronto. Right. And there's no reason to. No. There's no, there's no Unless you're a big road tripper and you have... Anyway, there's really yeah. no reason to. Yeah. <laughs> right. But you talk about big trips. Now, you and Chris believe in the common goal, okay? And that is, you know, to encourage young families to maintain, you know, the, uh, the pre-baby life post-kids. That's uh, right. How's that possible? Like, what's the secret to doing that? And do you believe that by doing so, you're, you're having your cake and you're eating it too? Is that even possible? Uh, yes, it is possible. And you just do it. You make a goal and you just do it. I'm not saying it's without its own pains. I'm not saying it's not without its own sacrifices. But if that's what you want, in life we sacrifice everything, right? So the biggest thing I think for most families is budget. Like, oh, we all want to do this, but we were spending that budget between two people that's now spread between four people. And how do you manage that? So for me, I don't shop as much as I used to pre-kids, right? So you will see me in the same clothes all the time. Whereas before I had kids, if you knew me, I had a pretty nice wardrobe, right? So it does come with sacrifices. Sure. But you, you just do it. And that was the thing. When I went into parenthood, uh, Chris was on the same train saying, yes, okay, we want to go to bars still. We still want to travel. We go on a trip, some sort of trip monthly. We did a you know, five-month-long trip. Nothing stops us. So if you have a mission, you, if you have a desire, I say go for it. That's great. And that's, that's awesome and it's right. possible. But for parents who are watching that and they're like, you know what? Yeah, for some people, but not for me. What's step number one? Is it, is it a matter of budgeting? Is it a matter of realizing that you can wear the same clothes or similar clothes multiple times a week? Um, what's step number one for most people who, who want to do that but can't crack that code? I think step number one is actually talking to your partner. Um, is to actually figure out if you guys are on the same train, like I said, because if you're going two different directions and, you know, a example for me is that from day one, I knew that when I went on mat leave, I wanted to go on a really big trip and Chris wasn't on board for that big trip with my first mat leave. Right. And Mm -hmm. he had his own reasons, first time parent and jobs and all of that. So it took me, (laughs) it took me five years to convince him of that goal, right. That we wanted to do this. So you do, I think it's talking together and figuring out what 
what the mission is and how, and then you figure out the how. So, okay, if it's, if it's money that's stopping one person, if it's sacrifices for another person, it's, it's talking. Because once you know that you both want it, you can work towards it. And it's not going to happen overnight. That, that trip that you're talking about, that five I, I remember messaging you. I think you were in Spain at that time. This right. was years ago. And correct me if I'm wrong, that was a 148-day trip, correct? Yep. So you did that with two kids and a husband, correct? Yes. Okay. So t- talk to me about the game plan because you've been in sales now for five years trying to convince your husband to do that. <laughs> right? That's a I'm sales a job. at heart, but yes. <laughs> right. That's marketing and sales. So for, for, for parents who want to do that, even, even if it's a month long, that isn't to Florida, that isn't to an all-inclusive, because you went to various places around Europe and, and Africa. So talk to me about the trip itself and talk mm-hmm. to me about how the planning process went into that in, in the hopes of inspiring other parents down the road who maybe want to do that, but, but don't know where to start or how to do it. Right. Okay. So as you mentioned, the, uh, the selling of the idea came, took a long time, right? I knew it's something I wanted to do. I've grown up in the travel space because both my parents worked uh, for airlines. So for me, traveling is so natural, so organic. Um, whereas for my husband, he likes short trips. It's quick trips. It's nothing long, nothing uh, big. And then once we, again, once communication and we agreed that we were doing it, how we were doing it, quitting our jobs. For me, I thought it'd be great if we could work remotely, but he actually preferred not to work, right? And that was figuring all of those little details out. Because I'm a planner and my corporate job at the time involved, you know, doing events and working down to the minute details. For this trip, one thing I needed for myself was the spontaneity. So I wanted to wake up and say, I want to go here today. Wake up and be like, let's go to France. Let's like whatever it was. I wanted that. Uh, But we also needed some structure. So for us, it was figuring out what level of comfort we were, um, we wanted to be in as we set sail, right? So we knew when we were leaving and we knew where we were, when we were coming back and where from, and we chose two ports. So we landed in Malaga, Spain, and then we had a return trip pretty much at the end of 148 days from Manchester back to Toronto. So for us, that was, it gave us enough flexibility, but also like we have five months to do this, right? So Mm -hmm. that was it. And then once we got there, it was just, hey, what's available? We were doing home exchanges. So it depended on where our lodging was. And again, trying to keep on budget. We had a strict budget and we stuck to it. You know, a lot of people don't know, um, I mean, they don't know how to eat in certain places. And I, I, that's, not a, that's not a put down for a lot of people. It's, it's just, you know, when you're in Italy, please don't go to Subway. Please don't go to right. McDonald's. Have a meal <laughs> that's Italian in Italy. It's the best food you're going to have in your life in Italy. <laughs> right? Exactly. Much that less. Said, right? That said, right? we were in uh, Bordeaux, French, like amazing food. And we were struggling to find something. And we had to eat at McDonald's. Right. When I said we, it's really Chris and the kids who ate at McDonald's. With I was like, I am not doing this. I'm just going to eat the baguette and cheese if that's what it's come to. <laughs> so they, they were eating it. there. They were just like, you, you crave your comfort. And I know right. some people who need that. Um, and it's figuring it out. But yes, you want to eat local and, you know, as much as possible, I try to get into those, you know, old ladies' kitchens when we're traveling. But it's us, right? That's the way we like to travel. It doesn't mean that everyone in your family wants to travel that way. Sure. And, and much less, you know, being spontaneous. So it's, 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 
it's an amazing thing that you guys did to be able to land somewhere and take off somewhere else five months later and leave and leave so much spontaneity in the middle uh, where there's a lot of people, as you know, that, you know, you have to plan every single sequence where you're going to stay and you have to make that train and you have to make that plane and you have to make that hotel reservation. Um, the spontaneity probably made it that much more amazing not only for yourselves, but for your kids as well, no? Absolutely, yes. And again, it's only because we talked about it, right? And we knew each other's personalities. For any family who's planning such a trip, if you have different personalities, that may not work. Or, you know, you say, hey, I have one week spontaneity. Now, one week will be fixed in a place and we'll stay here for two months or whatever it is. So, right. and you get fatigue, you get travel fatigue and you want to plan ahead for that too. For sure. That said, do you receive any cattiness from people for your bravery, for your spontaneity, for your ability to communicate? Cattiness from people that want to throw shade your way for doing what you did, for doing what you do. And it's purely jealousy, by the way. <laughs> do, you ever, do you ever get that? Do you ever get that from people? Well, see, when you become a parent, the whole world especially when, you know, I'm South Asian and I have lots of aunties and uncles and even just a stranger down the street feels like they can tell you stuff, right? Like they right. feel like you, they, in India, we are walking around with a two month old and a stranger came and just started covering her head and said, put a cap on. I'm like, she's from Canada. This is mm -hmm. not cold for us. We need, mm -hmm. but it doesn't matter. Once you become a parent, you're so much used, you're more used to it than before in getting everyone's opinion. So for me, I'm one of those people who, I don't care. I don't care. Not that your opinion doesn't matter. I am always willing to listen. And I've changed my mind numerous times on things. But when I've done something like that, like that big trip that we did, um, I got more messages about being in awe. How do we plan? Mm -hmm. uh, you're so lucky. You're so fortunate. I got some of that. And, you know, most of the times I'd reply in different ways, depending on my mood and what that message was about. But it was never out of jealousy, like, if it was jealousy, it was a positive energy, not a negative energy. That's good. Yeah. That's good. I, I just, I, 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 would, I would assume that because people, generally speaking, don't have the opportunities to do that or don't give themselves the opportunity to do that, mm -hmm. um, that when they see someone else doing it, it's like, well, who is she to do that? Or who are they to do that? Um, right. So that's why I ask. I, and I don't, I don't want to spread that negativity. As, <laughs> as Maybe a they Greek. internalize that. They didn't come at me with it. <laughs> right. That's right. And as a Greek, listen, we have that evil eye, right? The Turks have the yeah. same thing. The Egyptians, the Italians, it's the malocchio. You don't want any, any energy your way. You don't want compliments. You don't want nothing. Because <laughs> then we have to spit in the air and at you, and we don't want to spit at anybody because that's, that's assault, <laughs> right? So don't even talk to me about how happy you are. For, no. <laughs> Put it aside. It's Big Fat Greek Wedding, 100% true. Oh, my God. <laughs> right? Love that movie. Yes. Yashi, you've grown up around the world. You've moved. Bahrain, uh, you know, Pakistan, the USA, Australia. How, how, did this, how did those formative early years of your life, and you mentioned your parents working for airlines, how did those formative years of your life influence your love of travel, your love of culture, your love of food? Uh it has definitely, it's influenced me now, I can reflect and say that, but when I was growing up, and especially when I was younger, right, so during my tween years, as they're calling it now, like right before I became a teenager, uh, I didn't really, it didn't matter for me. We'd go somewhere, my parents are very social, so we'd build our little bubbles of, you know, aunties and uncles that we didn't know that 
we're there and you know it's parties over there it was thursday night friday nights like big parties everyone bringing food so for me that was like it was fun like moving places is exciting making friends was always intimidating but it came naturally so by the time i became a teenager later in my teen years uh i didn't want to travel anywhere so when we were living in Pakistan, I was a typical teenager telling my parents, you go and I will stay at home and I'll have my friends over. And my parents were always fine with that. Mm -hmm. So they go traveling. So I unfortunately haven't seen Pakistan the way I would have liked to, the way that my family saw the country. And now I'm regretting it. Um, but at the time, I loved it. I wanted that freedom. I wanted that flexibility. Sure. So it's only now that I'm like, oh, yeah. I like to do this because I can eat anything. I, if I, my uncle can cook goat balls and make me eat it, and I loved it, I was like, I can now eat anything. <laughs> and I'm trying to teach my kids that. I'm like, right. they're like, what is this? Just eat it. It's fine. Just a lick. Just taste it. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's so, awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Is there is there a trip or even a moment that you can pinpoint where you're like, this is what I want to do. I want to travel. I want to explore. Is there? A, can you pinpoint a moment in your past that that sparked it and that was it? We're off no, of the races. no, mm. no, there isn't. I think, uh, I honestly do think it's in my blood. And that's a reason that I wanted to travel so early with our own kids is because I've been doing it since I was mere weeks old and it's just natural. Right. So I knew how to behave on a plane. And back then, you know, the stewardesses would let me actually go and, you know, I used to deliver food for people because that really? was the end. Yeah. They used to, <laughs> oh my gosh. I pushed the cart. <laughs> <laughs> down the aisles that's amazing <laughs> i've flown in cockpit because you know they allowed you back in the day in the jump seat so right. i used to go between uk and dubai all the time just like you were allowed to do things like this back then and you don't have that flexibility now so for me it's just I, it wasn't a moment it wasn't anything it was just natural and like i mentioned there were periods when i didn't want to travel and that was natural as well right I remember going up uh, on a 747 on the, on the steps. It was a spiral step. Yeah. And you'd go up to first class. I didn't know it was first class. I'm four. Uh, but the cockpit as well. And you could go in and you could see the gadgets and you'd be like, oh my God, this is amazing. But can you imagine now if little Yashi was allowed to push the cart down the <laughs> aisle with the credit card machine? Do you, and, you, and, and you know you're a, like a natural born marketer and saleswoman. And you'd be like, can I upgrade you? Can I upsell you? Would you like some yeah. wine, sir? And be like, yeah, I'd take the card, little Yashi, kind of on a freelance <laughs> level, pushing the card down the aisle, <laughs> selling food. That's awesome. I've never Sadly heard that not. Before. I cannot imagine that now. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, what have you learned about yourselves, both you and Chris, traveling with the kids over the years? And, and go, I'll let you answer that question. Okay. Yeah. Don't, don't send too many questions my way. I'm not good at remembering things. No so. problem. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> um, honestly, I feel like travel has actually prepared us for COVID in some ways because we're so used to being together, right? Like being just the four of us. We know how to entertain each other. We know when each other needs us space. And so for me, that's what travel teaches you a lot, right? It teaches you how to behave in your nuclear circle. And then it teaches you when to allow others in and how to interact and when to be empathetic and how to be empathetic. And that's something we really want our kids to learn about. We want to expose our kids to different cultures and we learn to travel. So it's the flexibility and it's uh, just how to be together without driving each other insane. Right. 
and, and you kind of answered my next question. You know, what do, what do you, you know, what do your kids take away from, from the experiences that you provide them? And do they realize how lucky they are? Um, well, do they realize how lucky they are? No, no kid ever does. I didn't appreciate it when I had that opportunity as a child myself. I appreciate it a lot more now. Uh, so no, they don't appreciate it, but they value it because when we don't go on a plane for, <laughs> for more than a month or two months, they go, why aren't we going somewhere? Right? right. Right. So they, and especially now being stuck at home, it's like, what are we doing today? What are we doing? Are we not doing anything today? But then they also know that, Hey, I don't want to do anything tomorrow. I need that day to reset. Right. So they are getting comfortable with it. Right. Do you see those life lessons already being exhibited from your kids because of the years of travel and the experiences that they've had, the empathy, the perspective, the humility? Do you see that already in your kids? Some days, only yeah. some days. Right. <laughs> they're still kids. They're still selfish. They don't want to share at times. Right. Uh, they are reserved, the introverts. So the biggest challenge for me especially is be nice to people, smile appreciate a compliment like they no, but they are introverts and that's for me trying to figure out how do I teach them to be a little more open and or be comfortable in how they are and but just be ready to deal with the world as you were saying right people's reactions to them uh, so yeah yeah I guess that comes with time that comes with time that comes maybe with hopefully right, <laughs> right. well rapid fire Yashi uh, I'm gonna ask you 10 questions uh, okay. and, and you answer, you take your time. They're rapid fire, but take your time. Okay. Oh, okay. Let me go mix a drink. <laughs> I've already been, dr no, I, it's 11 AM. <laughs> hey, Hey, yeah, that's a, hey, there's no rules anymore, right? There are no yeah. rules whatsoever. One destination that speaks to you on a culinary level. Buenos Aires. Oh, Buenos Aires. Wow. Okay. One country that you feel is a perfect place for parents to travel with kids the first time, for the first time. Oh, this is a tough one because it really depends on the parents. So, okay. North American parents, I'm going to say Mexico. Okay. Easy step in. But if you were somewhere else, another part of the world, that answer would change. But we live in Canada, so let's say Mexico. Mexico. You've had a long day, Yashi Murphy. What's your go-to meal? Anything I don't cook. <laughs> You've had a long day, Yashi Murphy. What's your go-to drink? <laughs> a Manhattan. A Manhattan. Do you prefer to travel somewhere because it's got great food or great sights? Food. Favorite road trip snack? Mm. I don't really have one. Is that weird? No. Yeah, you're like... Mm. Everyone does. I didn't like you... road trips until recently, so I don't have, I haven't discovered that. Okay. What's, okay, so that said, if you're traveling, let's say for, for instance on a road trip, what's on your, what's on your road trip or travel mixtape? I don't What band or songs? I don't. It's whatever Chris, Chris is oh, in charge of that. That's his Chris's You call. figure out your relationship, right? I know nothing about music. I'm not going to pretend. It'll be Barbie girl. <laughs> Well, not You're going old school. You're going like 20 yeah, years ago. <laughs> okay. Favorite travel inspired movie. Oh God. That's another thing. I'm, I'm horrible with movies and I'm horrible with music. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll give you an example. Maybe this will inspire you. When I saw the first Jason Bourne movie, 
Okay. When they're traveling through the, yeah. So they're traveling through the Alps. They're, they're driving to Paris. They're going to, Oh, I was like, Oh my God, that's it. If if I was already traveling for years and years and years, but that was like, I'm going to take that trip that I've always wanted to next year. I'm done. This is awesome. Okay. So not in the same vein, but you'll have to refresh the memory, my memory in terms of the name of the movie, Leonardo DiCaprio. They filmed it in Alberta somewhere. He's in the snow underneath what is that? A Revenant? Maybe The Revenant. From that sounds years like ago? it. Revenant. Yeah. Yes. So when I was in the movie theater, I went, Chris, where is this film? I want to go there. And he's like, it's filmed in Canada. Right. So, and I still yeah. haven't got to Alberta. So right. maybe that. I, I think it's, I think, and I'm like, I don't know exactly, but I think it was up, I think it was BC or Alberta. I thought it was Alberta. Yeah. Somewhere. It was Alberta. Like, yeah. Somewhere awesome. Exactly. <laughs> Within the border, you don't need a passport to get there, which is even better. That's right. <laughs> Is there a place you feel your soul lives? Berlin. Berlin. Can you expand on that at all? That's fascinating to me. Um, the city reminds me a lot about Toronto, right? Like amazing street food. Um, there's, it has a lot more history than Toronto, like I'll say, but it, there's um, a lot of conflict and yet like the people there are just so generous and so kind when you actually live there like a local um and family is so important right like we saw amazing programs for families when we were there um good culture scene it's just like i don't know i felt like at home and i love a little bit of grunginess with you know you have your pish posh neighborhoods too so depending on where you want to go mm-hmm. you can go and do things so yeah, yeah i love berlin I, I i love berlin i i hear you i hear you on every level <laughs> last question all the years you've been traveling okay why do you travel because i want more it's as simple as that i want more of everything and travel allows me to get that I couldn't have put it better myself. <laughs> Yashi <laughs> Murphy. <laughs> yes, definitely. Yashi Murphy, thank you so much. Parentingtogo.ca is the website. Uh, ladies, gentlemen, families, singles, solos, whatever. There's inspirational content there that will uh, speak to you on a personal level. I suggest you go to that website, Yashi Murphy. Um, always a pleasure talking. Thank you so much for taking the time today to join me on the Fact Up podcast. And I wish you and your family nothing but health and blessings uh, until we meet again. Thank you. (laughs) Ciao.